Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I'll show you mine. Warning, this podcast may contain filter-free oversharing, parenting fails, carb loading, more vodka than soda, and many, many Tom Hardy references. I seem to be surrounded by a lot of pregnant ladies at the moment. Friends, strangers at the gym, co-workers and even family members are all currently with child. Hearing updates from my little sister on her pregnancy got me thinking back to when I was up the duff. I will never forget the moment I found out I was preggers. Feeling a bit off and with my period slightly late, I got a test from the chemist. It was lunchtime, but with test in hand, I I just couldn't wait to get home, so I did it at work. As soon as the wee hit that stick in the Channel 9 toilet cubicle and the double lines popped up, my tummy popped out. I've never been blessed with a tight stomach. Genetically, the Mahoney's have more wobbles than abs, you see. I felt like I had been holding my midsection in my entire life. It was strangely exquisite in that moment that I found out I was pregnant to just let it all hang out. I mean, look, some pregnant ladies can go their whole pregnancy with the neatest of bumps and end up at nine months looking like they've just shoved a basketball up their jumper. Pregnancy test in hand and sat on that loo, I was already at the basketball stage. The immediate excitement and joy of becoming a mother soon made way for morning sickness. Like lots of women, I suffered really badly and pretty much felt nauseous from the moment I woke up till the moment I fell asleep. I felt so bad, actually, I ended up moving into the spare room. I was depressed and all I wanted to do was sleep. The worst bit was, until you hit that 12-week point, you can't tell anyone you're pregnant and explain why you're feeling so off the planet. Now, I struggled for about 14 weeks with sickness and nothing not even lashings of mashed potato with half a tub of Lurpat butter or loaves of toast with peanut butter helped me. It was like a non-stop hangover for 14 weeks straight without the fun night out and burger and chips at 1am bit. And then one day I woke up and I didn't feel sick anymore. I did feel, due to some serious carb loading, 5kgs bigger around the waistline, but hey, I felt so bloody amazing and I was on such a high I did not care. Plus, by then we'd hit the 12-week mark and all the scans and test results were good so we could share our news. Oh, it's a wonderful feeling when you can tell people you're pregnant and bask in the excitement of it all with your friends and family. Also, I could stop wearing baggy, saggy clothes and scarves to work and attempt to hide my wobbly, growing middle. Good times! I really, really loved the second trimester of my pregnancy. I felt like I floated along with a bigger smile on my face, cartoon birds flying around my head and woodland creatures at my feet. God, I could have been an advert for Elevit and the wonders of pregnancy. I went from a dark, dark place to feeling like Julie Andrews in The Sound of Music. The hills were bloody alive, let me tell you. Ah... I had energy, no sickness, my floaty dresses all fitted perfectly around my growing body and the body I was growing. 
by trimester two, I was back in the same bedroom as my partner. And I think from memory, I even put out a bit. Yes, trimester two, I loved you in this pregnancy lark. Hashtag barefoot and pregnant. Hashtag baby on board. Hashtag make mine a double. (sighs) I knew it was too good to last. The third trimester kicked in. Oh yeah, baby, we're on the home stretch now and the finishing line's in sight. Which was about the only thing in sight, because looking down my toes certainly weren't anymore. Thinking back when people would say things to me like, Oh, you look great. You're all just tummy. It wasn't entirely true. They may have been telling a white lie or two. The sort of white lie you can tell a pregnant lady. The real truth of the matter ended up staring me in the face, or rather in the mirrors, and the stark reality was I was a lot more than just tummy. I'd gone to David Jones to buy maternity bras, and I found myself in the changing room with a mixture of white and beige, practical and very unflattering maternity bras. As I stepped out of my dress and started to try the underwear on, I was confronted by a sight I will never forget. The 360 mirror setup and down lights clearly didn't help the situation. DJs, who the feck looks good in a changing room setup like that? I was in shock. This was the first time I'd seen myself in a 360 setup. My normal, little, uneventful bottom was now so enormous it could have had its own postcode and a massive social media following. WTF? I looked like I was about to hit the ring for a sumo wrestling match. I mean, I was no fool. I didn't think I'd been getting around looking like Victoria Beckham when she was pregnant. But dear Lord, I didn't think I looked like Jabba the Hutt either. It seems that the drive through KFC buckets had taken the toll on the old bod. And maybe the whole jars of peanut butter I'd eat while watching TV were not the best source of protein for me in the bub. I did what any other normal woman would do. I jumped online and researched a vegan diet for pregnant women. Did I bugger? No, I got on the phone to book an emergency spray tan. A fake tan always made me feel immediately thinner. And at this point, I needed all of the smoke and mirrors I could get my hands on. I waddled into the tan studio. I got my gear off and I got the disposable G-banger on. The lovely young girl came into the booth and started to spray me. Three quarters of the way through, she apologised as she's run out of tan and needed to get another cartridge. I mean, it was a lot of skin and body to cover, so I understood. A low point for me was when she asked me to to bend over. Yep, fine. Bend over more? Okay. Actually, a bit more, please, as she needed to get under all of my bottom. Forget having its own postcode, my rear end now appeared to be bigger than Texas. I had to stay bent over while she got that drying thingy out to help the tan dry. Awesome. Life highlight right there. Finally out of the salon and surprised I wasn't charged for two tans, I walked to the car. Now normally I'd be getting around in some stretchy maternity trouser get up, but I had to wear a loose dress as the tan was still setting. And as all of my body parts were now supersized, so were my thighs. As I walked three or four minutes to the car... This was enough for the chafing and friction between the opposing thighs to wipe all the tan off. I now had a bottom the size of Texas and a white map of Australia at the top of each inner thigh. As if I wasn't already feeling sexy enough. Thank you thigh one and thigh two for that. Weight gain wasn't my only issue. 
From midway through my pregnancy, heartburn had struck and become a regular fixture in my day and night. I gulped down my lanta like it was milk to try and soothe the pain. I even slept with a bottle by my bed and had perfected the art of reaching for it, opening and drinking it down with my eyes closed when the 3am burn hit. As the pregnancy slowly came to an end, so did the amount of room left in my body for food. But as a real lover of food and a true believer in a three meals a day, I couldn't let the diminishing space in my body affect the amount of food I consumed. I pushed through. I'm good like that. I knew there would be consequences, but I really loved my grub. To best describe how my insides felt at the end of the nine months, I was so full with baby that my stomach felt like it was around my heart and throat area. More than a few mouthfuls of food filled me up and would cause reflux. I vividly remember one night I was home alone with a husband interstate and I woke myself up at 2am choking. I brought my dinner back up and I couldn't breathe and I honestly thought I'm going to die like a rock star choking on my own vomit at 35 weeks. What a bloody way to go. At this stage of the pregnancy I was averaging about 150 trips to the bathroom through the night to wee and I was knackered. I also had restless leg syndrome and my wind was lethal. I mean lethal. It would have taken out a field of healthy crops. Nothing in my wardrobe fitted and I had a really bad case of water retention that had given me the world's worst pair of cankles and none of my shoes fitted either. When the husband tried for a special cuddle one evening in the kitchen, all I wanted to do was jam his appendage in the dishwasher door. I mean, big up to all those ladies that find themselves feeling amorous during their pregnancy. But towards the end of mine, I felt more like Lorena Bobbitt about men's front bottoms and lovemaking. It was about this time in the pregnancy that we had a request from the newspaper. Now, to back up a bit, my husband was quite well known. And we had been asked all the way through our courtship, our engagement and then our wedding to sell our story and do photo shoots for various mags. We'd always said no. I mean, we had been snapped at various times and events and had given the media a couple of shots for our wedding, but that was it. Luckily, this was the mid-2000s, way before social media and just ahead of the term wag, as my thighs would never have made it into those skinny jeans and knee-high boots, let me tell you. My point is, if we were never one for courting the media, and as a woman, if I wasn't happy to pose for those shots throughout the relationship, why would I want to start when I was heavily pregnant? I remember the email from the newspaper to my husband's management when we'd said no to a pregnancy shoot. OK, why don't they tell us a time and location and we can just have a photographer hiding behind a tree to snap them? I presume this came from a man. At this stage and size in my pregnancy, to agree to a shoot, I would need a full makeup artist, stylist, my husband strategically positioned in front of me to make me look less gigantic. Actually, maybe I should just stand 20 metres in the distance and definitely some kind of veiled filter over the camera lens. I mean, I took a bloody awful photo at the best of times. So getting papped, walking through a park, looking like an up-the-duff BFG alongside my other half, that was certainly not how I wanted my pregnancy immortalised. We declined. With my due date a mere week away, my bag packed, our names picked out, nursery ready, all that was left to do was some last-minute maintenance. I booked in for my final tan, and this time I was prepared. 
I suggested the tan specialist bring in two cartridges into the booth. And then I got into the very best version of Downward Dog I could muster to make sure all the layers of my bottom got tanned. And I walked slowly with my legs as far apart as I could muster to the car to avoid the chafing. I had my hair cut and coloured. But as my usual hairdresser was away, I ended up with another girl. I got a great cut, but I ended up with a stronger colour than I was used to. And then the last job on the list. I got my bits waxed. I hadn't seen my bits for a good four months at this stage, let alone maintained them. I realised, lying there on the beautician's bed, that this could have been a two-man job and maybe a whippersnipper would have been a better tool of choice. Getting waxed at the best of times isn't pleasant. Getting waxed heavily pregnant was hideous. As that last strip of wax came off, I was half expecting to go into labour. Now that would have made a story. With all my bits and baby still intact, I left for home. It wasn't until I was standing in front of the mirror that night, I realised that the wax had taken all the fake tan off from around my front bottom and thigh area. It was then I noticed how brassy my hair looked against the tan. Oh, what a sight. Fast forward almost 10 years, and as I bid farewell to Rachel, my co-worker and dear friend as she heads off on maternity leave, looking like a beautiful pin-up for pregnancy, and still wearing tight jeans with the neatest of bumps, you know, the basketball at the top one, I think back on how I looked, and I laughed. Lordy, lordy, I would have given Bubbles de Vere a run for her money. And yes, of course I was all tummy. I would like to add, if I was ever lucky enough to get pregnant again, I would be more than happy to roll with all of my extra rolls. I'd also know to give the drive through and family bucket a wide berth, though, this time around. Thanks for coming. If you'd like more, be sure to subscribe. Visit me at katherinemahoney.com or check me out on socials at Catherine Mahoney. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.